Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. In this episode, we will explore the butterfly medicine of Gemini season, why you matter more than ever, particularly how the multiverse is speaking through you in regards to the spring-summer eclipse season and this potent astrology of 2020, and will culminate together in a journey that crystallizes this experience as we go into the Great Pyramid as the Holy of Holies in the human brain. Ancestors, 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 we call to you, we call to you, we call to you. We're so grateful for your lives. And we know we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this without you. So we welcome you. We welcome your backing and your genius solutions to pour forth like sweet ambrosial nectar from the other world. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you for your gifts, your trials. Thank you for providing the shoulders upon that which we stand upon. Thank you for your support, seen and unseen in these times. And we welcome in the powers and spirits of the East, the element of air, the powers and spirits of the South, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the West, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the North, the element of earth. We welcome all of the directions and all of the keepers of the directions. We ground into Mother Earth and from this anchored 
space where we are connected and fully immersed in our sense of belonging, we gaze up into the cosmos and we welcome in all the planetary beings, the luminaries, all the goddess and god asteroids, our starseed nations, and our guides and our guardians of the holiest and highest calibers to walk with us in the sacred journey of life. I'm recording this episode the day the sun has entered Gemini, and it will be live on the Gemini new moon. So as you're listening to this, Gemini season has officially begun. And Gemini is the first air sign of the zodiac. It's a personal sign, so very much exploring the personal identity through the intellect, the realm of thoughts and ideas. And Gemini is represented by the twins. It is a sign of duality, of polarity, where we see the union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, that hieroscamos, which we touched on in episode one. Gemini brings in this fresh intellectual energy. It's very mercurial. It's governed by the planet of Mercury. Mercury connecting to Hermes, connecting to Thoth, Tahuti. Tahuti being this ancient Egyptian god with the ibis head, this primordial bird god that carries wisdom and knowledge and knows how to journey between the realms of life and death. And we see that through Mercury as the psychopomp, Mercury going retrograde three to four times every calendar year. And Tahuti also is known for his wisdom around astronomy and astrology and the gift of writing and language and mathematics. And Gemini brings in the archetype of the scribe, the writer, the storyteller, the jack of all trades, the messenger, the fool, the eternal child, trickster medicine, coyote, and the butterfly, the archetype of the butterfly. Gemini has this emphasis around working with the hands and the lungs as an extension of the hands. And when we look to the lungs, we also can see the resonance of the butterfly within the lungs themselves. Geminis are known for being very curious, friendly, open-minded, able to really toss around all perspectives and to experience a myriad of possibilities of thoughts, being very open to learning, um, being adaptable, enjoying play. And this Gemini season, 
I think is coming in at a very important time where we're in the heart of doing a lot of deep, deep work. And it's also important that we're creating time for play and for pleasure and lightness and brightness, even amongst the shadows and the depth of what is happening on the planet in this time. Gemini medicine is mutable. It is flexible and adaptable. And um, as we explore this archetypal energy of the butterfly, I did some research through Ted Andrews. He has this wonderful book, Animal Speak. So if you um, want to learn more about animal totems and how to connect with them, I highly recommend that resource. It's been a companion of mine for over two decades, and there's so much wisdom in there. And as Ted Andrews wrote, um, Butterfly symbolizes transmutation and this dance of joy. It is absolutely a totem of transformation and this ability to shapeshift. Butterflies also have a really strong connection to the fairy realm, to the unseen realm, and they're pollinators. They dance from flower to flower and as we observe the butterfly moving from one flower to another, we are reminded to lighten up that life is a dance. And ultimately, through the beauty way, through our ability to be mesmerized by the beauty of life, we can find pleasure in the dance. That means we can even find pleasure in the challenges, in the parts that feel impossible. How do we transmute the impossible into I am possible? It is possible. It is happening. There is a sweetness in the nectar that is achieved through this sacred dance that butterfly medicine represents. And the dance is ultimately an honoring of the polarities of Gemini season. And each one of us in the in these current times, we're in a deep process of metamorphosis. And there are four distinct phases that are a part of the transformation process and we could even see these four distinct phases as being represented as the four cardinal directions of the wheel of time, the medicine wheel of life. The first stage is the egg stage. It is much like the season of winter solstice where we are in a fertilization process, where we give birth to an idea. We plant the concept of the seed. And this is a very fresh stage and vulnerable stage. In the second stage, we are like larva. 
And this is much like the season of spring equinox. The egg begins to transform into the caterpillar. There is a strengthening of the intention, a solidifying of the foundations that need to occur to really bring the intention to life, much like the artist shaping and molding clay. And in the third stage, we have chrysalis. This is much like summer solstice as a cocoon is woven around itself by the caterpillar. And this is where the pupa forms, much like a mummy. And even though it seems that life has come to a complete standstill, that we've become almost passive in the creative process, from this stage, there is a new light that is birthed. And in the fourth stage, the winged insect comes to life. There's a harvest, much like fall equinox, and there is a rebirth. The journey of going within to birth anew and the wings of the butterfly represent the flight of the dream. And so where you are in your process of metamorphosis at this time, I offer you to really take a pause and do some self-inquiry to see what stage you are at and to honor that stage and the beauty of that process of transformation. Eclipses are very powerful astronomical and astrological events. And when we turn to ancient indigenous cultures throughout the earth, there's a reverence, there's a humility that each eclipse is approached with. In fact, in many cultures, people would be indoors in sacred ceremony during an eclipse or next to or in a body of water. Water is a powerful conductor of energy and also a field of protection as well. Eclipses open up new portals and new dimensions into our lives, and the ramifications may contain threads of stories that could last for two years or possibly in cycles of 18, such as um, 36, 54, 72. Eclipses occur when what we call the dragon's head, north, the north node and tail, the south node, um, are conjunct either the sun or the moon. This can occur when a node is conjunct the new moon and the sun, known as a solar eclipse, or a node is conjunct the full moon, known as a lunar eclipse. And these are doorways that work together as a unit, moving in 18 to 19-year cycles. 
the south node is the path of our history, our ancestral lineage, our previous lifetimes, our soul connections. It is our karmic work, our gifts, and the shadow spaces where we can get stuck if we draw too much from south node energy. Whereas the North Node is like the dragon's head. It is the path of dharma, of destiny. It is awkward and uncomfortable because we are being pushed into new terrain. It is very much like the wild unknown. And during an eclipse season, the sensation of time and space can literally speed up timelines may dramatically switch. The unexpected absolutely is possible. The impossible becomes very possible. Eclipses bring truth, truth that we need to see, to know, to feel, despite how uncomfortable the results may be. And eclipses tend to mark major events from birth to death and other monumental beginnings and endings in our life, quite often heralding vast, unexpected shifts, unanticipated encounters. The concept of out of the blue is very much a eclipse process. With all eclipses, there is an ending and a beginning. However, a lunar eclipse tends to be more focused on endings, emotions, and the revelation of a true character of a person or situation, whereas a solar eclipse is more focused on new beginnings, bright possibilities, and hope. Eclipses come into our lives really asking us to be fully present, to be vigilant, and to be aware, eyes wide open. This is a time to walk with compassion and also to consciously be grounded because the unexpected is very much expected. So you want to be aware and anchored because there's a lot of energy in eclipses. And this is another reason why connecting with water, um, I personally like to take extra showers and baths during eclipses, as it can be a way to cleanse the energy field and also feel more grounded as well. Now, many astrologers will tell you it's not the best time to make important decisions or dramatic actions during an eclipse season. However, sometimes the eclipse energy will force you to do so. And with the particular eclipse season we have opening up with this Gemini new moon, It's likely that many of us will be making a number of important life-changing decisions. Eclipses move in series and they disperse pearls of wisdom in the most perfect way. This is synchronicity at its finest. During the actual time of an eclipse, 
as I was stating earlier, it's really beautiful to be in a conscious meditation, to be in prayer and ritual, to be in a body of water or near water, to be conscious in whatever way you feel called. This is definitely not the time you want to be out at the bar mindlessly engaged um, in drinking or, you know, checking out. It's a time where you really want to be as tuned in as possible because there are pearls of wisdom to receive. Discernment has been a major theme particularly since the year of 2016, but the process of discernment really came in to high gear when Saturn went into Capricorn in December of 2017. And we had a series of really important eclipses through the Cancer and Capricorn nodal axis. So the nodes of fate, which is another way to connect with the eclipses, you can call them the nodes of fate, the dragon's head, the dragon's tail, they shifted from the Leo Aquarius axis, where the north node had been in Leo and the south node in Aquarius. They shifted in November of 2018, where the north node went into Cancer and the south node in Capricorn. So January 31st of 2018, we had a total lunar eclipse in Leo, and we had a series of other eclipses throughout the year of 2018. We had a solar eclipse with the Aquarius new moon on February 15th. We had a solar eclipse with the Cancer new moon on July 13th, a total lunar eclipse with the Aquarius full moon on July 27th and a partial solar eclipse with the Leo new moon on August 11th, all of that being in 2018. As the axis shifted from Leo Aquarius to Cancer Capricorn, we felt this strong shifting of energy where as a collective consciousness, we were really being asked to be in our leadership and to be willing to shine. And then we went to a space of really being focused on our sense of security and also doing a lot of clearing, particularly dissolving fear, particularly in our ancestral lineages. And so January 6th of 2019, that year opened up with a solar eclipse with the Capricorn new moon. We had a lunar eclipse later on in the month with the Leo full moon. And by the summer of 2019 with the Cancer new moon on July 2nd, we had our a total solar eclipse that completely closed out the Leo Aquarius axis. And in 2019, we had a few other eclipses. We had um, the full moon eclipse in Capricorn, 
July 16th, and we had a solar eclipse in Capricorn on December 26th of 2019. And this year, 2020, opened up with a full moon eclipse, a lunar eclipse with the moon in Cancer on January 10th. And we witnessed as a collective, particularly Americans, as Ram Dass transitioned right before the solar eclipse in Capricorn on December 26th. And then Kobe Bryant transitioned at the end of January of 2020. And that was a really interesting bookmark for uh, the collective consciousness, the psyche of Americans, of um, people around the world who are interested in consciousness as we see this spiritual teacher transitioning who Ramdas, I mean, so well known for his book, Be Here Now, and so many of his compassionate, like truly, truly compassionate teachings. And then at the other end of that eclipse portal, Kobe Bryant transitioned a well-known entrepreneur, basketball star who built an empire from the ground up and touched so many lives. And eclipses have this power where they affect the collective consciousness and they also affect us in our individual lives on a deep basis. So here we are at the late spring, early summer of 2020 and the Gemini new moon that opens up this butterfly season on May 22nd is of course, like any other new moon, it is a portal of possibility of new seeds being planted. And it is also a time of deep reflection. We have so many planets retrograde. Pluto is retrograde in Capricorn. Pluto, the planet of transformation, of truth, of taking us through the cycle of death, so that we may fully rebirth. We have Saturn, the planet of self-mastery, retrograde in the very early degree of Aquarius. We have Venus, retrograde in Gemini, what we love and what we value. We have Jupiter, how we expand our connection with deep spiritual wisdom and abundance, retrograde and Capricorn, and Pallas Athene, the goddess of high mind, of justice, retrograde at the first degree of Aquarius. And this is a time of planting new seeds, and it is also a time of potent and most important closure. And as we go through the portal of this Gemini new moon, we are officially in this eclipse season that will be 
tying up many loose ends, particularly around the Cancer Capricorn access, while also beginning to insert the fresh new concepts of this Gemini Sagittarius nodal access, which we've just entered May 5th of 2020. Now that the North Node is in Gemini, this is absolutely a time where we want to be socializing more. We really want to know who our communities are, both locally and through our social media networks, through our global connections, community in all forms. We want to be willing to express ourselves, our ideas, and our thoughts within community. That willingness to be seen, but also to be seen for how you think, how your thoughts shape your reality. This is also a time to build new educational systems that truly serve. And when we think of Gemini, we think of the hands and that ability to really engage in hands-on experience. Gemini also ruling the arms and the lungs with the North Node collectively going through this transformational experience, we want to move through the hands and the arms and to take good care of our lungs as well. And to find ways to exude an energy for life, to help others learn to challenge what might be the common mindset, the status quo, to be willing to dissolve old belief systems, particularly if we find the old belief systems to be stunting our growth and our personal lives and in the collective reality at all. This is absolutely a time to let go of reliance on books and gurus. As we go deeper into the age of the of Aquarius, it's all about the age of the guru being dead. There are no secrets in the age of Aquarius. And what is true, what is reality is that each one of us has a high wisdom to offer the earth. And each one of us is our own greatest teacher. Herbs that support the lungs and the brain are really exceptional with the North Node and Gemini, um, particularly adaptogens like rhodiola and lion's mane mushrooms. When I think about the North Node and Gemini, I also think about stone medicine, particularly the stones sujolite and aquamarine. I see aquamarine as being such an important stone for these times because aquamarine helps us to reprogram our way of thinking. And aquamarine teaches that all beings are sentient and really teach us 
how to have compassion for all beings. And compassion is a very important principle in these times, coming from a space of the compassionate heart, holding others with different belief systems with compassion. This is a time to build teamwork, to build sisterhood, to build brotherhood, to really build community. And we can also think of the way we build community like one would build good, rich soil. It requires a devotion, an investment, a care, attending to. And with the North Node in Gemini, it's a powerful time to consider writing more, to share your message in whatever platform you feel called, to consider teaching if that's something that interests you, to share about your adventures, your experiences, your story. Story is medicine, and that is one of the reasons why I've created this podcast is really to invoke the beauty of each one of us and our unique stories and how important they are and how when we're willing to be vulnerable and to share our stories, we create a space where we heal, we heal one another and we heal ourselves. The Gemini North Node is encouraging us to have out-of-the-box genius solutions for these times, things we maybe never, ever actually considered. And we know that we're stuck. You will know you're stuck in the past in that Sagittarius South Node. If you find yourself afraid to challenge an idea or you're insisting that your philosophy, your way of belief is the only correct one. We are at a time of disentangling the past, disentangling the web of where there has been deceit, where there have been mistruths, where there have been lies. And as we bring the full completion, the full closure of the Cancer Capricorn nodal access this summer, this eclipse season, we want to let go of this strong desire to be focused on nurturing, um, being so focused on the home and the family and our ways of building a sense of security and to really go beyond the me to the we, to create a sense of belonging, a sense of sanctuary that extends out into our local communities and to the earth at large. So the first eclipse that we experience is on June 5th. That is a Friday and it comes with the Sagittarius full moon at 3.13 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And this lunar eclipse, because it is about the moon, there are revelations coming to light. There is a frequency around closure. And there is very much 
a question of what do you value? What are you valuing in your life right now? And if what you value is true, are you actually honoring that through your actions? And that's a that is the dance. That is the importance of Venus retrograde, this particular Venus retrograde in Gemini. And so Venus is very much highlighted in this Sagittarius full moon lunar eclipse. The Gemini sun is conjunct Venus retrograde with the moon opposing. So there is a light shining around what do we value and um, there will be revelation. There will be clarity coming to the surface and the Sagittarian full moon brings in an energy around the gypsy, the adventurer, um, the places and spaces where we are optimistic, where we are um, like the seeker or the priest or the priestess on our high-hearted journey and really devoted to the expansion of our wisdom. And Jupiter governs the sign of Sagittarius, and at this eclipse, Jupiter is retrograde and conjunct. Saturn and Pallas Athene and Pluto, they're all retrograde. And so they, as well as Venus, are asking us to review, to revise, to refresh, to reflect on the archetypes that they stand for. And this lunar cycle is bringing a culmination. It's bringing a spotlight to that which we're dissolving, that which we're shedding in this retrograde season. So much will come to light and you might find that happening in your personal life. And I imagine we'll absolutely see it in the collective reality as well. On this eclipse, Venus is squaring Mars conjunct Ceres and Pisces. So Mars is our will, our drive, how we move energy forward. And Ceres is how we nurture, how we nurture the earth and our connection to the earth. And the two of them are conjunct in the sign of Pisces, which is so much about the cosmic consciousness, the great oceanic wisdom, where we return to source. And Mars is representing that divine masculine frequency that is really taking some time in the collective consciousness to come back to source. And on June 27th, Mars is going to have a major rebirth as Mars enters the sign of Aries, where Mars will be for the rest of the year. This is something important to track, and I'm going to create an entire episode around Mars's journey 
through the rest of 2020 and what we need to be considering, particularly around our own personal vitality, how we're moving energy forward. But for now, with Venus square Mars, there's there's tension. There's a tension between that inner feminine and that inner masculine. And you might also see that playing out in your life in different circumstances. Venus, she's also receiving gifts from the journey around Chiron and Black Moon Lilith the shadow of the masculine and the shadow of the feminine in their connection with Aries, the the I am principle. Each one of them is really getting to know the darker spaces, the shadow, that which has been in the, um, that which has been unconscious, that which has been asleep is waking up. And Venus in this full moon eclipse is receiving gifts from those dark unconscious spaces. And remember Venus is in Gemini. She's in this butterfly medicine. And as she is the ruler of this chart, And as she is pretty much in the middle of her retrograde journey, this is a time to check in, to pause, to take stock of where you are in your Venus retrograde, particularly checking out um, where about 12 degrees of Gemini is in your chart, that part that is getting awoken, that part which wants things to also shed, to die, to dissolve. And this Venus retrograde takes us all the way back to May of 2012. It's an eight-year cycle, and many of us are closing out something deeply impactful that that began eight years ago. You might want to utilize the Sagittarius full moon to do some ritual work, to bring attention as to that which is being illuminated, to honor these cycles of time, and to give gratitude for that which you have learned, that which you have witnessed, and that which you're ready to let go of. The next eclipse comes on June 21st at... 2.41 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This is the Cancer New Moon. It is a solar eclipse. And as we're planting seeds with this new moon, there's this tension that is happening as we're continually adding a new layer of foundation, new concepts, new ideas, as we're birthing this new earth, this gateway we fully entered with spring equinox of 2020. And now it's like the tension of that, which was seated around spring equinox, the tension of the dreams that have come to possibility within your consciousness since the spring equinox. There are concepts, there are ideas that need to be faced. And in order to tend to the dreams, to honor the dreams, 
there are actions that you may need to take to resolve, to create healing, particularly in your lineage, in your ancestral lineage, there is most likely um, an opportunity that will be available with this Cancer New Moon to create healing in the lineage. Um, And I would invite you to really dive deep into your mother line and your father line and to look to your dreams, to look towards your dreams in a way where your dreams are most likely dreams that are ancestral, that were not fulfilled through other people in your lineage. And you have come here in this time as a beacon, as a lighthouse to fulfill these dreams. It is a time to take action, but also to be aware of taking action from that high heart, from the place of compassion, to be free of being combative. And as this chart is ruled by Mars, there's a strong Mars influence here. And this is right before Mars goes into Aries. So Mars is is like culminating his journey through Pisces, which he entered literally just before Venus went retrograde on May 13th of 2020. And as we come to this Cancer New Moon solar eclipsed on June 21st, Mars is at 25 degrees, 48 arc minutes. Pisces, he's culminating the zodiacal wheel. He's about to rebirth in his home sign of Aries. And this is important. This is an energy that is going to affect us for the rest of 2020. As I mentioned, Mars is about will, about drive, how we move energy forward. Mars is very instinctual, very primal. And as Mars goes throughout his journey in 2020, he's going to begin to square Pluto and Jupiter and Saturn. And these squares are going to truly activate with that primal instinctual energy of Mars. The work we have been doing throughout 2020, the work we've been doing in 2019 and 2018, it is going to move forward in ways that the energy has not yet moved forward. And we can look at this June 21st eclipse, this seeding, this new beginning as how do we want to consciously work with Mars energy? Because Mars energy is often described as being aggressive, assertive, combative, and it can be all of those things. I mean, Mars, God of war, right? Like that is a possibility. And we also have the power. We have the ability to draw from the high heart of compassion and to utilize this primal instinctual energy with consciousness, with devotion. 
in a new way. And so as this cancer new moon comes through and as the sun and the moon are conjunct in cancer, they're squaring Mars in Pisces. And so there is a point of tension. It is a reckoning energy and it is an opportunity for each one of us who are interested in these archetypes to consciously work with this energy and to put prayers and devotion out there into the cosmos that the collective hearts of humanity can work with this Mars energy in a consciously evolved way. And again, we have many planetary archetypes retrograde during this Cancer New Moon. Mercury has also joined in the retrograde party. So Mercury, the how we communicate, how we exchange ideas is in Cancer retrograde. And for the second year in a row, we've had a series of water retrogrades. So at the beginning of 2020, um, Mercury was retrograde in Pisces. And now in the month of June and July, Mercury will, will be retrograde in Cancer. And then again, later on in the fall, Mercury will be retrograde in Scorpio. And Mercury retrogrades in the water signs are very emotional, very intuitive. And as Mercury is taking on that psychopomp stance, that ability to be this messenger that travels between this world and the other world. There's an opportunity to receive information from source, from spirit, from ancestors. There's an opportunity to strengthen your intuitive abilities. And Mercury is giving us an opportunity to redo, to revise, to reconsider how we think and how we communicate, how we speak. Mercury retrogrades are a really beautiful time to reflect and to just be more inward and to say less and to notice more, to tune in more. And with this new moon, Venus will still be retrograde, what we value. Jupiter is retrograde, Pallas Athene, Saturn, Pluto. And in just a few days beyond this new moon, Neptune also will be going retrograde. The dream. What is our dream? What is our collective dream? What are our personal dreams? One more thing I want to share about this new moon is that as Venus is retrograde, she is trining Juno in Libra. And Juno is that which we want in relationship. She is Hera. She is the wife of Zeus, the wife of Jupiter. She's in Libra. She she wants justice. She wants equity. She wants balance. She wants us to show up to sacred union in devotion, in a space of really plugging into that divine feminine, that divine masculine coming from within so that we come to relationship free of codependency, free of power and abuse struggles, free of this old, you know, paradigm of triangulation and drama and just rehashing all of the traumas. And 
they're trining Saturn in Aquarius, Saturn, the teacher of self-mastery that teaches through limitations, and Saturn is retrograde. So there are, with a grand air trine, there are concepts, there are ideas, there are really high-minded possibilities that we can receive through the value system of Venus and Gemini through Juno really calling upon the hearts of humanity to engage in relationship in a whole new way and a dynamic new way. And Saturn and Aquarius asking us to tune into the reality that this is the Aquarian age. Each one of us is a hologram for the collective and the decisions we make behind our closed doors. Yes, they actually impact every single person on the planet. And how will we be willing to really step into that space and place of deep spiritual maturity? So our final eclipse of this spring-summer eclipse season is a lunar eclipse with the Capricorn full moon on July 5th at 12.44 a.m. And this is absolutely um, looking to be a pretty intense eclipse to have a lot of standoff energy in it that is going to be asking each one of us, like, what is there left to dissolve? Where are you hanging on to the old fears? Where are you hanging on to the old paradigm? Where are you being too rigid? On a collective level, we could say this is a last gasp of the patriarchal paradigm that needs to crumble. Wherever it's holding on, it's probably going to show its self in a really strong way as it's on its last gasp out. And so we want to turn within and where where are we continuing that same paradigm in our own inner world, in our own personal relationships, this eclipse will absolutely be a time to let go and to let go willingly. And this chart is also ruled by Mars. So these eclipses are ruled by Venus or Mars. So again, it's that divine feminine, that divine masculine polarity, that sacred dance, that hieros gamos, that sacred union that many of us know that the old paradigm of what relationship looks like and needs to be is done. It's dying. And that if we really want to change our planet, we need to change the way that we love, the way that we show up to relationship and finding ways to show up to relationships, coming whole, coming in a space where we are able to give and we're also able to tend to ourselves where we're not looking to hook into others, but we're actually looking to stand solid on our own two feet. And if we are looking for partnership, 
it is coming from a place where um, we're looking for a partner who also stands on their own two feet and where we can support one another in that sacred standing anchored and also honoring the fact that that sacred union takes place deep within, deep within the well and the heart from within, and that it is not something we need to survive. It's something we can enjoy, but that um, that need is actually, it's it's been an illusion that was created as another form of, of bondage, of a way to kind of confuse people. And how we do our inner lives, how we complete and, you know, dance in these sacred unions becomes a ripple effect. So with this Capricorn full moon, there's a powerful grand cross, a standoff energy between Mars conjunct Chiron in Aries and this energy squares Mercury, how we communicate, um, the sense of self and Vesta, our devotion in Cancer, our devotion to our feelings and our sense of home and our sense of tending. And Juno, the, the goddess around love and partnership in Libra, seeking that justice, that equity, and the moon in Capricorn, how we're collectively feeling and where the fear is. And so as these energies square, they create this really inviting tension that again is offering an opportunity to shed, to let go of. In this lunar eclipse we have a strong focus on the Capricorn archetype around our ability to see the larger picture, our ability to do the hard work, to roll up our sleeves, but also where we want to be conscious that we're not falling into the fear paradigm. So the moon is in Capricorn. And Pallas Athene, the high-minded goddess, Jupiter, our ability to expand, Pluto, the archetype around truth, that magnifying glass that really illuminates, that shows so much through the death process, through our ability to transform, and Saturn, self-mastery. And again, all of them are retrograde except for the moon. This eclipse is very much about closure, about shedding, about letting go. And on this lunar eclipse, Venus is direct, yet she's still in her retrograde shadow. So she's still creating her sense of closure around what she's experienced, around what she's learned. Now that you have received the download on our upcoming eclipse season, I want to share with you some ways you can thrive in any given eclipse season. First and foremost, a daily practice of some kind is absolutely non-negotiable on earth at this time. If you know my work, you've been hearing me speak to this for a number of years now, and with 
having fully arrived in the year of 2020, I think you now understand why we've been talking about this. A daily practice is essential. Honestly, truly, you can have a solid daily practice in nine minutes or 11 minutes. I'm not saying that that should be all of your practice. You know, if you have the time and space, go for more. Um, however, it's it's important to really ground and anchor in these times because the rug has been pulled out from each one of us. We are free falling through time and space. And what is solid is your devotion, your spiritual connection to source, however that may be, whether it's through the the earth, sitting on the earth, or a particular meditation, or running consciously. There's so many different avenues. 11 minutes of dancing. For me, I work particularly with kundalini technology, and I always suggest for people who are looking for a brand new daily practice that only have like nine minutes to spare, I say go for three minutes of ego eradicator, three minutes of cat cow, and three minutes of a chosen meditation or just long deep breathing or breath of fire. Fists of anger are also really, that's a great practice as well as the addiction meditation. And I have a number of meditations available on my YouTube channel and also offer daily, a daily practice and um, more in-depth astrological report through the Starwalker transmissions on patreon.com backslash Rama tribe. Beyond some kind of practice, it's a really good idea to work with mantra, sound current, sacred sound science that helps to remap the brain, to rewire the neural pathways. And I love to play mantra. Um, We now have Spotify, we have SoundCloud. Uh, There are so many avenues to listen to various kinds of music that is uplifting. However, I always recommend supporting the artists that you love and appreciate by buying their albums directly. I think that's really important in these times. Self-care as a form of nourishment. Self-care is so important. And I'm not just talking about bubble baths and roses. Honestly, I don't take bubble baths. I like salt baths with a lot of salt and some baking soda. Um, And I like to alternate between really hot water and then I take cold showers. So that's like one of my personal favorite ways to nourish myself throughout the entire year, but absolutely during the dark winter months. Self-care can come in just a way of doing deep work around your body. And a book I often recommend, it's on Audible. It's written and read by one of my mentors, Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes, called The Joyous Body. And it's such a great 
dive into how to really love thyself, love your body. It's for women of all ages and stages of life. And I think men also can benefit listening to this book. Cold showers are a great way to cleanse out emotions, um, as is drinking lots of water. You can actually drink a whole glass of water when you're feeling overly emotional and it will just clear you instantly. I also love looking to adaptogens, nourishing herbal infusions, Susan Weed, another one of my mentors. She's a great beloved herbalist. She has some awesome YouTube videos on making your own herbal infusions. I personally love nettle. I love oat straw. I love red raspberry and red clover as well. I was saying earlier, earthing, going to Mother Earth, placing your bare feet, bare hands. I mean, even if you live in an urban environment, you most likely can find a space to do so. A tree, some sort of nook to really connect with. Working with your stone allies, your nature allies, the elemental forces. This is very important, as well as connecting with your ancestors and giving offerings. I find when I am in most need, if I take some time to give gratitude and to literally give offerings, things turn around really fast. Finally, I would say carving out time each day to be electronically free is essential in these times. When you're, you know, you're out and about and things are feeling really intense, immediately just bringing your awareness to your breath, taking long, deep breaths, counting your blessings, really taking a moment to give gratitude to for at least five or 10 things that are working for you. You can mentally chant victory three times and then take the tip of the tongue and press it up to the roof of the mouth as you focus through the third eye and really envision the word victory pouring out of the third eye, the space between the two eyebrows and water. Always go to the water. You are a hologram for the collective. A hologram is a three-dimensional image that's formed by the interference of light beams from a laser or other coherent light source. And each one of us is a cell within a cell within a cell of the great human collective of earth. And we could say that this formula gets multiplied throughout time and space into other dimensional realms. Our sovereignty as human beings is more priceless than it ever has been. And as we go deeper into the Aquarian age, we see how important technology is in these times and will continue to be. We also see a greater push for artificial intelligence, for a transhuman world. And so each one of us, we vote for reality with how we spend our time. That is our greatest sense of currency. We've been bought and sold the concept that our greatest sense of currency is the money in our bank account. However, 
It is our attention. It is our time. It is where we focus upon that which we focus upon is how we vote for our reality. And there are a lot of companies out there that are focused on tracking our digital footprint on what we're up to, how long we scroll or we scan or pause at any given item on our phones, our tablets, our computers, any other device that you might be using is an opportunity um, for you to be surveilled in this way. And there are companies out there working on artificial intelligent surrogates to create human life, or we could say a trans human life. There is 3D bioprinting already happening. And there's this whole concept of quantum archaeology that is out there created by um, a man called Zoltan Istvan. And he's a transhumanist that is really pushing for the creation of bringing people who have died back to life through artificial intelligence. And by capturing all of their data, their texts, their emails, their voice memos, their voice messages, and bringing them together with this 3D bioprinting and creating like an avatar of someone who has transitioned to the other realm. I think it's important that we're aware of what is possible here and now, where companies are interested in going with technology and human beings. We need to be educated. And with the North Node in Gemini, it's a really fine time to be um, staying up to date on current events and to be plugged in um, to the spread of information and to keep information in the public domain, to be really willing to um, stand out with your ideas, be willing to be seen for strange ideas, new ideas, to be curious, to be willing to ask challenging questions. I was watching a YouTube, Dr. Zach Bush was a guest, and he is a fascinating researcher who has done a great amount of study into birth and hospice care and is a proponent of the gut biome and the microbiome staying very healthy. He was speaking in conjunction to the current pandemic and how viruses are spread and um, how so much of what we're currently going through is really an opportunity to be grounded in the beauty of humanity and the beauty of the earth and to remember that as humans, we are a member of a microbial community the ecosystem of all of life runs through us and we are a part of it. And this is directly related to how each one of us is a hologram for the collective. So if we give away our power and we feel powerless when we're actually extremely powerful, then we have just voted with our consciousness that we give up. However, if instead we take our sovereignty, our divine right as 
man and woman as being, as human on this earth, as a creator, a divine creator, then we are stepping forth in that sovereign truth that we are innately powerful. We are part of a human collective and we matter. And given the astrology, this eclipse season is clearing us out. Retrograde season is clearing us out while also with the solar eclipse, we have the planting of new seeds of possibility. And it's important that any parts of our psyche that are ready to lay fallow, ready to die, be let go, be dissolved. Because as we continue this astrological journey through 2020, we get to December of 2020 with very magnificent astrology, very important an essential gate of the Aquarian age that we will walk through. And each one of us here and now in May, in June, in July of 2020, we are collectively weaving the reality with one another. And as we've gone through the portals of a global pandemic, we have the opportunity to connect even deeper with the earth, to draw into the elemental forces, that which we call satanama in kundalini technology, satanam, I am truth. Satanama connects us with a cycle of life, death, and rebirth, that which every human goes through, that which every living creature on earth goes through this process of metamorphosis, like the butterfly medicine. And what we are seeing in the midst of this pandemic is also a rise, a rise of the human spirit, a rise of the human spirit as a creator, a divine creator. And the entrepreneurial spirit is becoming alive in a whole new way. It is a deepening of the Aquarian age values. We will see more and more creators. We will see more and more people being independent, being sovereign, working for themselves. Yes, you will see in the print and you will see in the media how so many businesses have failed, how the corporations have only gotten stronger in this pandemic. And on one level, that may be true. And on another, there are more and more people leaving jobs and workplaces where they were not honored or cherished for their gifts. And now they're standing up and they're standing forward and they're saying, I am a creator. I have something important to offer to this earth and I'm going to do it now. So this time that we're living in is a time when the multiverse is literally speaking through each one of us. We are coming home to the earth mother in a whole new way. We are realizing, we are remembering that we belong to this earth, that the bones in our bodies connect to the stones of mother earth and within the stones of our bones and within the stones, the bones of mother earth carries the true story, the true story of our mythology as human beings, the true story that no matter what challenges 
we have faced in the history of humanity, the human spirit continues to rise and will always rise like that great phoenix, rise like that butterfly going through its stages of metamorphosis. As you claim the seat of yourself, your inner divinity, as you claim your inner divine feminine frequency and your inner divine masculine frequency, the omega and the alpha, you sit upon the throne of true sovereign consciousness as Isis, queen of heaven, Iset, sits on the throne of her sovereignty, the throne on her head. She carries it as a glyph as she is the dwelling space of sovereignty, as you are the dwelling space of your personal sovereignty. The multiverse is speaking through you, through the cells of who you are, that which you are feeling called, that which feels so passionate and alive and juicy and full of pleasure, that is your way through these times. What we want to see in this world, we must create from within. We are one with nature. You are a hologram for the collective. That which you vision in your third eye and bring to light, bring to life. You are connecting within the holy of the holies of your brain and you are creating as a master creator. You are drawing this cosmic wisdom down and anchoring it here on planet earth. May you do so with grace. May you do so with ease. May you do so with the backing of your ancestors. And so it is. Please come and find a comfortable seat or lie down. Close your eyes. Settle into your space, allow the body to become heavy, so very heavy. Make sure you're comfortable and warm enough and all devices are turned off. Perhaps take a little sip of water first if you need that. And begin to bring your awareness to your breath. Allow as you breathe the belly to expand fully. And as you exhale the navel to come back towards the belly, just imagine with each breath this golden wave of energy rushing over your body. And as the wave ebbs, Allow it to take with it all thoughts, all fears, all concerns, knowing that anything of importance you can come back to later on after this journey. And connect in as we did at the beginning of our session. Connect in to your ancestors. Connect into the elements. Feel a force field of protection around your physical body, around your energetic bodies and begin to feel this delicious, warm, ambrosial nectar 
coming from about six feet over your head, just beginning to pour down this otherworldly nectar that pours down, dripping, so warm and heavy, filling up every part of your body, just dripping all the way down from the head to the toes, filling up every cell of your being with this ambrosial nectar from the goddesses and the gods, from the divine creator, creatrix of all of life, so blessed, filling up every cell of your being with the sacred geometry of the flower of life, the codes of the flower of life, readjusting every cell of your being and you begin to find yourself as you're lying down you're lying in a field of grass it's a warm spring sunny day there's a gentle wind and the grass feels so soft and nurturing like the most comfortable bed of earth you could ever imagine and you hear water moving in the distance and the wind and the birds and the bees fluttering, flying around you, pollinating. There are gorgeous flowers all around you and the grass is so verdant green and you are just so held and relaxed. You feel so held by the earth, such a strong sense of belonging in every cell of your being. And in this moment, it's as if the earth herself swallows you and just takes you in and raptures you. And you feel so held and completely safe and secure. And as you're swallowed in by all of this dirt, you find yourself immediately lying in the sarcophagus of the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid at Giza. You feel yourself on this pink Aswan granite lying here at the sacred chamber known as the King's Chamber in the Great Pyramid of Giza. In this tomb of regeneration, of resurrection, of renewal, and you reflect on your life, where you are here and now. You see through the backs of the eyelids your own cosmic starry journey. You begin to immediately be transported through the cosmos, finding your soul's evolution, finding your star seed beginning. You see yourself traveling through time and space, through all that is, all that has been, all that ever will be, and you journey. You journey through the stars and you're guided. You have one of your greatest guides, guardians at your side that has your back through eternity and you feel so protected, so held as you journey, remembering, remembering the wisdom, feeling your eternity, your eternal soul, 
remembering the pieces that were forgotten before you stepped into this human incarnation. All of the wisdom rushes through your psyche, through your consciousness, and you witness, you witness. And you begin to see the higher cause your mission, your destiny, your dharma here in this lifetime, it becomes so crystalline clear to you as you journey through the stars. And you find yourself lying in this pink Aswan granite sarcophagus. You find yourself lying here. You feel the support of your guides and your guardians standing all around you, your ancestors. You feel the backing of their might, their power, their prowess, the intelligence, the pure creativity of all of who you are. You feel it in every cell of your body and you breathe it in. You take it in like this ambrosial nectar. You allow it to fill yourself up. And as you lie here completely still in the sarcophagus, you feel all the parts of yourself that needed to die. You let them die. You let them go. You let the fear go. The fear of being seen. The fear of expressing your truth of your creativity. You let it all go. And as you lie here being restored, renewed, resurrected into the divine, sovereign truth of who you are, of who your soul's essence is, you drop immediately into your heart. The four chambers of your heart, this timeless space, this time travel device, and you feel all the timelines where you were afraid, where you were hiding your gifts, and you send out radiant beams of compassion to yourself in all of these spaces. You let go with grace, knowing that they brought you here and now. And you receive, you receive the gift of compassion. As you give this gift of compassion, you receive this gift of compassion. And you begin to feel butterflies all around you. These brilliant turquoise blue butterflies all around you and they begin to lift you up. They lift you up and they carry you. They carry you back to the sacred field where you're lying down on the grass in the earth. And the butterflies move throughout all the layers of your energetic body, healing the auric field, healing the physical body healing any parts of the chakra system that the butterflies flitter around. And you vision back to the sarcophagus, to that clarity, that divine intervention, and you feel that pure, 
connection, that electric connection going straight into your pineal gland in the center of your brain, the vision straight into your pituitary gland, that which sits between your two eyes, the root of the third eye. And you crystallize this as the powerful creatrix, creator that you are. You crystallize this vision. You hold it in the center of your psyche. You feel this backing and the support. You are radiant. You are strong. You are holy. And you are connected to the holy of the holies forever and always. And so it is. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we, as the individuals in humanity, awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Tara Gaia. Please join me for episode three, where we will explore the overarching astrology of 2020, a cultural renaissance and the collapse of the world as we have known it.